What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Pain to Profits. I'm your host, Samson Jagoris, and every episode we are unpacking the knowledge, the wisdom, the roadblocks, and trying to impart wisdom on you guys so that you can save time and level up in your own business and your own journey in entrepreneurship. And today we're sitting down with my friend, Jake Kubner, who owns Colorado Muscle and Joint. Mm -hmm. He's also become a great friend, and he is a chiropractor and also has a physical therapy practice. And uh, he's in growth mode right now, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it's been a couple years that you've been in business. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and so now we're you're making some big steps to really try to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. When you first start, you don't know what the heck you're doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of start figuring Very it true. out, man. But I appreciate you being here, mm-hmm. and welcome to the show. No, I appreciate it, man. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, yeah. dude. Well, why don't you just tell everybody what what is Colorado Muscle and Joint? Yeah. So it's a kind of a more of a performance and rehabilitation chiropractic clinic. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a physical therapist or anything. I'm a chiropractor, but I do a lot of physical therapy services. So um, not only will you get like the, you know, chiropractic adjustment, but also, you know, rehab exercises, dry needling, cupping, Graston, um, you know, active release, uh, trigger point therapy, kind of all that. So I work with a lot more athletes kind of rehabbing them instead of, because I never liked the traditional chiropractic yeah. model uh just oh you know i'll see you once a week for the rest of your life just come come in and get adjusted <laughs> just like never as an athlete growing up i just never felt like i saw a lot of progress that way you know yeah. i always felt like so yeah it felt good for a few days but then i'm like back and i didn't really understand the you know science behind it why it's beneficial and um and then as i went to chiropractic school i was you know I wanted to be a chiropractor, but i knew i didn't want to do that model and then as i learned more about chiropractic i was getting nervous the first year because i was like Oh man, like, is this the only option just to adjust people all the <laughs> time? Popping good. Yeah. And then there was a club called Rehab to Performance um, that you went to during lunches and stuff. There's a bunch of different clubs, but so I'd go to that one all the time. And that one talked about like all the rehab stuff that I wanted to learn. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So that, you know, uh, led me to meet a couple other kind of mentors who I kind of followed around to their different seminars and all this stuff who would teach me. Something I love to do is called DNS, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, which is awesome. Um, that and then led me to dry needling and led me to just learn more about rehab. And yeah. I was like, oh man, this is what I want to combine the two. And there's not really any chiropractors in Northern Colorado that do the kind of the combination of chiropractic and the physical therapy, you know? Yeah. So chiropractic definitely gets a bad rap for uh, being a band aid on mm-hmm. an underlying problem. Right. You know, as an athlete, I, I went to my first chiropractic treatment when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. had a really bad neck injury, played sports my whole life. Yeah. And that chiropractor got it because mm-hmm. he was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And yep. so chiropractic to him was a tool to put you back on the right path. But it's like, okay, if you're constantly having a problem, there's some sort of underlying dysfunction that we got to mm-hmm. fix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that over the years, when you start, that's your first experience in mm-hmm. chiropractic. Yeah. And then you get these other chiropractors that are just kind of like pop you and send you in your way. Mm-hmm. That's it. You yeah. know? So one of the reasons why, uh, I, I go to you and why I allow you to come into mm-hmm. our facility is because there's a more longer term outlook on right. fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's not to put a bandaid on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that, that takes obviously more time and um, a little more critical thinking, but it's also way more fulfilling because it's like, right. it's just easy. I think, I don't know. So I just always struggle with that was, and especially you get some weird claims from chiropractors being like, Oh man, I can, you know, cure there's actually been claims like I can help cure cancer by getting adjusted. I mean, sounds ridiculous, but there are some chiropractors out there who firmly believe that you have decreased your chance of getting cancer by getting adjusted, which is just 
kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, dysfunction and inflammation. Yes. Like all those things yeah. go together, but that's a, that's a pretty, it's such a small, small little piece of that whole entire, th- the yeah, whole like, piece the whole puzzle of that. But, uh, <laughs> you, drink, so anyway. you drink like alcohol, like a fish out of water, but you get chiropractic. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So I just, I really like the more scientific based approach and, um, more evidence-based approach to it. Obviously there's things, there's a line there where you can be so evidence-based that you're ignoring things that other practitioners do that are helping people that it's like, well, the evidence doesn't support that, but it's like, yeah, but these patients are seeing results and they're getting better. So it's like, can't really argue with that. Yeah. There's some stuff I just refuse to do as a chiropractor, like the activator, yeah, little the clicky, little, little clicky. And I, know. I always um, thought that was a joke and x-rays and all that stuff. I just refuse yeah. to do all that, <laughs> but, you know. but your, your, your practice is going to evolve. And so outside looking in mm-hmm. here's, here's kind of what I've noticed is there are these stigmas about the business or about mm-hmm. the industry and you've been working hard to really figure out what your place is mm-hmm. because people come to you and they're like, Oh, Colorado muscle and joint, you're a chiropractor. Will you pop my neck? Mm-hmm. And you're yep. like, well, yes, but let's go deeper. Let's understand. Mm-hmm. And so your pricing model is different. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily align with the traditional like Cairo now or right. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're actually, you know, focus more on rehabilitation and, and mm-hmm. trying to help, and help people. And so that's the biggest transition that I've seen you make over the last year mm-hmm. is you're starting to rethink your pricing model yep. and your product and how you deliver that service mm-hmm. and actually doing it to the point where you're, you're excluding certain people from coming to work with you, mm-hmm. which can be a little scary. Yeah. Like just yesterday, a lady calls me and she works in the building right across my office. She's always seen Cardinal some joint. She looked it up and oh, I was a chiropractor. So she calls me yesterday and is like, Hey, my neck feels like tweak and I just come in for an adjustment. And I had to explain, you know, like I don't, you know, traditionally do that. Like I don't just adjust patients. I take a more of a, you know, the first appointment's an hour long. Then after that it's 45 minutes and, uh, and here are the prices and all that stuff. And so, and then I, you know, she obviously wasn't very interested in that. She's like, okay, but I was, I was also on the patients that I'm looking for, you know? Right. Um, so if I start to be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'll take her. I don't want, I want that, you know, that money right now. And I'll just adjust her and charge her half of what I would normally charge something. I used to do that kind of stuff. And then I realized, you know, then that's those people refer people who are yeah. like, who also just want the adjustment, you know, and you want the referral. It's not that. Referral. Yeah. Just not that referral, <laughs> you know, and, and they don't get the results that I am looking for or that they're looking for necessarily. Um, and so, uh, I told her, I was like, Hey, there's, I know a couple of clinics that just do the adjustments and they're pretty reasonably priced. So here's like, I'll email. So I just emailed her different clinics, you know, and yeah. she was way more appreciative of that. And I think that built value in what I do too. Cause I wasn't just like, yeah, because when it becomes a chronic issue, she's going to go, Oh, okay. I actually yeah. need like real, right. real rehab to get yeah. this figured out. Yeah. Cause the biggest thing is I just truly want to help anybody that comes to me and looking for help, even if it means referring them to somebody else when I know that like, Hey, this isn't what I really do, or this is one I, what I specialize in. And that's where a lot of chiropractors kind of get caught up to is they think they can help anything. Yeah. So like there's sometimes where someone it's like, you may, you need to go see either, you know, a physical therapist, or you need to go see an MD or your primary care or something like that. Just kind of knowing when to, you know, not help somebody in that way. We'll help yeah. them, but not in the traditional way you think. But yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So I know your dad, he, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, has he always been a business owner? Yeah. I mean, uh, as long as you can remember. As long, I mean, ever since I was born, he was. Yeah. I mean, even think, I think he started uh, Hebner, Mar- well, it was Hebner, Hebner Peterson, which was my uncle. And then now it's Hebner Marketing, 
Um, and ever since, yeah, I think since he started it since my oldest sister, Abby, but she's 33 ever since I think she was a baby, he started it. So yeah. as long as I can remember, he's owned his own business. Yeah. So when you were going to chiropractic school, was that always like, I'm going to go own my own practice? Yeah. I've always wanted to, you know, kind of own my own, own my own business for sure down the road. And, um, there's times where I was like, Oh, I just want the, you know, the, you know, security air quotes around security yeah. uh, of just working a nine to five. But then I was like, oh, I just hate being like, I hate the feeling of being stuck somewhere yeah. and like having a ceiling, you know, and it's like, I just don't want to have like that ceiling over me. And so when I went to chiropractic school, I was like, well, I'll just work for being an associate after I graduate for like three years. So I lived in Kansas city at the time. So I went to school in St. Louis, moved to Kansas city for about eight months and was just going to work at this place called fit muscle and joint clinic, which is an awesome clinic. Um, and they do a lot of what I do now and they help kind of inspire me to start a cardinal muscle and joint clinic. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was living out there and I was like, I'll just work here for three years. And then once I am more comfortable treating patients, then I'll start my own, you yeah. know? And then I just had a feeling, I was like, gosh, I feel like the longer I wait, the less likely I'll do it. Yeah. You know? never so, right yeah Cause you get comfortable and all that stuff. Then my dad, um, so I work, my main, uh, clinic is in his building that he owns in yeah. Loveland. And, uh, he calls me one day. He's like, Hey, um, cause I was getting probably the next five months I was going to graduate. He's like, Hey, um, the, one of the tenants in my building just moved out because of COVID, you know, they were just like, Oh, we don't need this much space. We can do a lot of this stuff from home, you know? Yeah. So they moved out. He's like, I'll give you a good deal on rent for the first year. Yeah. He said, if you decide to move back out here and you know, um, so I thought it over and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, I mean, as well, I mean, it's going to be hard, but, um, I didn't really think about that. I was just kind of like, oh man, this is like what I really wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, it was and an I opportunity to yeah. take the leap and make the transition mm-hmm. in, in a somewhat safe way. Yeah, right. And that's the thing is, you know, I definitely was pretty blessed in starting my own practice and how it was hard. It's still hard at times. And I'd say it's harder now than it was before because like I just had such a good setup at the very beginning and it was an easy way to kind of get started and stuff. For some people who started to practice, it's just like, brutal from the get-go yeah. you know and mine was like um still really difficult more difficult than just being an associate not in my mind being an associate i just don't like working for other people yeah <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think yeah i just uh there's a lot of stuff that god kind of put in place to make it a lot easier for me to kind of start to practice get it going and lived with my parents for six months you know so yeah. i didn't have to worry about paying rent somewhere else worked at a walk-in clinic i'm called Kyra now one in Greeley, one in fort collins um, that, that was just to tie you over. Yeah, and that why just you got off pay, that honestly just helped pay pay the bills, and um, so I made some sort of money, and I could pay for you know some sort of marketing or whatever. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of stuff that just worked out really well. Because obviously, walking clinics is not at all what I want to do. It's yeah. pretty much opposite See of what 60 I do. Sixty patients, a yeah, day. yeah. But at the same <laughs> for time, five minutes. Yeah, right. And that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes it's even quicker than that. I mean, wow. it's just like someone comes in, just like I just want my neck adjusted, nothing else, <laughs> and she adjusts it and. Like, you know, ah, great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think after doing that, I did see the value in some of that stuff. Cause some people like college kids and high school kids who just can't afford, you know, to get that, like, honestly going to walk is better than nothing, you know, yeah. um, getting that, uh, getting that treatment. And it's so cheap. You know, it's 25, 30 bucks just to get adjusted. Yeah. Um, so I saw the value in that and it got me, one thing I didn't really think about it is it got me really good at adjusting. So I mean, yeah. when you're adjusting 40 patients in four hours, cool. it's just like, I mean, it's hard not to get really good at adjusting. Yeah. <laughs> so that, sure. there's definitely some stuff where I was like, I hated it. But then I realized 
kind of coming out of it. I was like, well, that was actually a huge blessing. So I got, I get honed my skills as a chiropractor. Um, and it helped, allowed me to kind of meet more people who were maybe coming there for an adjustment, but realize I was like, yeah, you need more than just an adjustment. There's yeah. a, there's some serious stuff going on. So I'd give, you know, my boss was awesome. He would just let me give cards to people for my clinic. That's cool. Yeah. Cause that's the one in Greeley. He's like, you're not going to compete with me. So yeah. And he, um, and he knew that he couldn't provide that service. Right. Well, and it's like totally different patient populations. Usually, you know, I mean, it's like people coming in for just an adjustment, typically, you know, one out of maybe 30 people I'd give a card to because it's like, yeah, this yeah. is. More have, you, have you thought about in your own business using that as a loss leader, like having mm. a form of a walk-in clinic with, and it, it Mm-hmm. I think right now that probably sounds crazy just because no, I've thought about that because I've, it's you. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? And then give like the, you know, longer, more, I know. Well, cheer. so I thought about just like, what if just Saturday mornings, you know, <laughs> eight to noon, I just, Hey you guys, anybody can come in and get adjusted, you know? Um, so I've thought about that. Just having set Saturdays. So, so then people who can't afford the, you know, the one seventy five to one fifty um, visits, you know, can, you know, come in. And then if they ever like, Hey, I want to do like, the more the like the full rehab stuff, then we can do that. Yeah, but, it's, it's reciprocity because you, you know there might come a time where maybe right now it's like <clears throat> you know I turned funny to go look at the TV screen or something and tweaked my mm-hmm. neck. Yeah, but then I have a real injury, you know, I get into mm-hmm. a car accident or something like that, and they're gonna be man, Jake's always taking care of me. Yeah, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. that's more like long game type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you could easily do that. Yeah, yeah, I think the yeah, I think I would have to just. So I think what I struggled with before was when I would do that kind of stuff, then people would kind of nickel and dime you, but also they would be like, um, I would maybe do a little bit of muscle work when they came in to get adjusted instead of just being an adjustment. Yeah. So then they'd be like, oh, well, he does, you know, he'll still do the muscle work versus like, so then I got stuck of being like, well, crap, I can't charge. I'm doing all this stuff yeah. and I should be charging this and I'm only charging this because I got carried away. Which just being like, oh man, I really want to work on this. But, it's um, kind of like how we, uh, with the gym model, we do f- mm. free boot camps in the summer yeah. every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Run eighty to hundred people through there. Some yeah. people just come to the boot camp and take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. And never become a member. Mm-hmm. But if I get ten percent of those people to convert, oh, for sure, it's totally worth it, right? Yeah. And it's really just giving our time away. You know, mm-hmm. and the gym is perfect time at the gym to do that. So I think mm-hmm. that same strategy would work for you. And then, yeah. then you have this little carrot for naturally progressing them up the ladder to mm-hmm. a higher ticket service or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's cool that you mentioned that too, because I've always thought about, like, what if I do that, you know, but just like on a Saturday, because I think Saturdays where people are most available too, so. Yeah, or, or you cool. do it like here, where you come and you set up, mm-hmm. and you just do it at other places. Yeah, I think we t- talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So you can attract people that. to come to you as a long-term Yeah, client. doing that a couple times a month or something like that, or just come in and just mm-hmm. adjust people. What's been the what's been the biggest challenge uh, mm. just getting started over the last couple of years? Um. I think it's just getting patients in the door, you know, I think, uh, and realizing how much, um, how much of a salesman I actually have to be, which sounds weird as a chiropractor. So you, you got it. There's a fine line between being too much of a salesman and too little of a salesman. Cause if you can't, you gotta be able to like still close deals as a chiropractor. Like, especially if you're selling like these six, 10, 12 visit packages, you know, that are $1,400 plus, uh, like that's, you gotta be, you gotta have, just help them see the value in it, you know. And I think a lot of that is just me explaining what I do and how I can help them. Um, I think that's what I would do before: is I just book a patient and wouldn't even talk to them beforehand. I just wait to talk to them until they got there. And then I realized, as I've been working with this marketing team that I told you about, you know, that I kind of follow this script now that I came up with. That you know, I have a fifteen twenty minute conversation as 
as I get a new lead before they even come in, you know, and saying, Hey, just seeing if it's a good fit, you know, seeing what they're looking for in a, like a chiropractor slash like a, like a physical therapy setting. Um, have they ever been to one um, explaining the injury that they have and seeing if, you know, explain to them, Hey, this is, this can take usually depending on what it is like, you know, eight to 12 visits or something. And, just laying everything out and then also help, helping them understand the value in it instead of just seeing a chiropractor or just seeing a physical therapist and kind of what the benefit of having both of those provides. Um, and even mentioning some of my credentials is just like, you know, I was did powerlifting. I do some bodybuilding. I've always played in sports. So I understand the injuries that you have. And because I've had pretty much every injury that yeah. they can they come in with, I've had. Um, and so I think that helps build the value, you know, as you talk to them on the phone, it gets them excited for the first visit. I mean, uh, it's crazy now as I've kind of followed that script, how many of them are like, oh man, I'm so excited to see you on Friday, you know, versus before people come in, they're a little hesitant and stuff, but if they can hear the doctor talking to them and maybe even like see them beforehand and have this conversation with them, it, it, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I think that's where I struggled before. That was a big obstacle was, I wasn't a great salesman. I was just like, Oh, I feel bad charging this, you know? Yeah. And excited just before I wasn't as confident. So I didn't think, is this really worth what I'm charging? You know? Well, um, yeah, in the absence of value, everything's expensive. Yeah. Right. So right. like, if I, you know, if I told you that if you had to come up with $25,000 tomorrow or you're going to lose your leg, like mm-hmm. you're going to figure out how to come up with $25,000 yeah, right, yeah. like real quick. Right? I know. Well, and that's the thing. I, <clears throat> yeah, that I think I didn't realize how much like pressure is such a, um, privilege, which there's a bodybuilder that's like this whole quote, you know, so yeah. shout out to Chris Bumstead, <laughs> but like pressure is truly a privilege because it pushes you to, you know, like I, I could have stayed working at that walking clinic forever and never, and been like, Oh, I'm comfortable doing this. I'm just going to keep it versus like you drop that. And all of a sudden I'm like, crap, I got to come up with an extra four grand a month, you know, to yeah. help pay for everything. And then all of a sudden I get, I start calling patients and I start um, getting these new leads and all of a sudden I've made that up and like a few days, you know, it's like, Oh man, that's amazing. You yeah. Know? I think there's a, a nugget in that, that I just want to unpack for the audience, which mm-hmm. is a lot of times there's a great book called the E-Myth. Mm-hmm. Have you read that book? Mm-mm. You should read it. Okay. Uh, it's basically says that most people who start businesses are not entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They're technicians. They're really good at their specific craft. Mm-hmm. So they get really excited about the product and the service that they're going to deliver Mm-hmm. without a lot of thought around like, how am I going to get clients? Mm-hmm. What's my sales model? What's yeah. my sales process? What's my offer? What's my guarantee? How mm-hmm. am I going to generate actual lead flow? Right. And uh, am I eventually, am I going to do that? Am I equipped to do that? Do I mm-hmm. need to hire a salesperson? Right. Mm-hmm. What's my commission structure? Right. right. They haven't even thought that far. Mm-hmm. So they're so excited about, I'm just going to be so much better than everybody that they're just going to think I'm so dope and they're just going to come. That was me. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not uncommon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that's the trap. And, and a lot of what we're trying to get across with the podcast is that there's eight real key things you need to be focused on, right? Mm-hmm. You got to focus on the product for sure. Mm-hmm. You got to focus on the service and the delivery, but you mm-hmm. got to be focused on the sales and the marketing mm-hmm. and eventually the leadership and the growth, right. and finance and managing your cash flow. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are things that nobody teaches you yeah. because you, you said it before we got on the pod, but you go, you spent eight years in school. So mm-hmm. what was your undergrad? So like what I major in? What did yeah. you major in? Yeah. Yeah. So exercise science or okay. exercise kinesiology. Science. Then you yeah. went to chiropractic, chiropractic school. school. three and a half years. Three yeah. and a half years. And how much business school did you get during those three and a half years? One, one class in trimester 
seven or eight or something like yeah, that. So, so there's 10 trimesters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it, was it was some guy who owned a practice, like, mm-hmm. and he was like 75 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, he doesn't have any other practices. He, I think it's just him. I don't think he has any other chiropractor. So it's not really like a. He's not a business owner. No, he's not an entrepreneur. He's a sole proprietor. Yeah. 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 He's a glorified job. Mm-hmm. And that guy's giving you wisdom on, you know, how to run your practice. Yeah. And it was more, <laughs> it was more like, how to avoid malpractice pretty much yeah. <laughs> than it was like business. So don't, don't do something stupid. Yeah. yeah so, geez. which is helpful, but also at the same time, it's like, you know, he's just talking about, he spends multiple weeks just on talking about, you know, taxes and, you know, when you pay somebody and here's what it looks like. And it's like, okay, I could watch a YouTube video on this from somebody <laughs> who like really knows. Irrelevant. Hire a bookkeeper. Yeah. A payroll person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. so you, yeah. you mentioned a little bit earlier, you, hired a consulting firm to help mm-hmm. you. Yep. Can we walk through that? Mm-hmm. How did you get to that point in deciding that you needed some outside help? Yeah. And what was it specifically about that group that mm-hmm. was so attractive to you? Yeah. So this last year, just, I mean, I've seen some pretty good growth the last, you know, two years, pretty steady. And then I went through divorce this year and that, I mean, for four months straight, I was like not trying to grow the practice at all. I wasn't recording. I used to record all this content and put it up on, you know, YouTube and Instagram and people would love it. And I would get new patients from that like a week, you know, like one, yeah. one or two patients a week from just doing that. Um, but then, you know, I went through that. Got rocked. Yeah, I got rocked. And then, so for four months straight, I was just like, I mean, I was working at walking clinic and I just probably relied on, and I was just like still treating patients in my office, but it wasn't super busy. And I was just, You're I was just, just trying to get, I was through. just trying to survive, you know? Um, and that's, that is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, we can get into that later. I'll let mm-hmm. you go. But I, that's one of the advantages of growing employees and staff mm-hmm. and not having it all rely on you. I know. And that's what I kind of came to the realization of is talking with my dad and some other people and, um, in you, uh, I was just kind of like, I got to get this, you know, systems in place and have things more, um, automated to where, uh, I just take a lot less time out of my day to book a patient, you yeah. know, um, or to, yeah, so I just, eventually I just don't. I want to have three or four clinics eventually in Northern Colorado, um, but I don't want to be you know having to be there all day every day. You know, at one even at one of the clinics. You know, <laughs> obviously I'll check in or stuff, but that's the end goal. So I kind of realized, man, if I don't do something now, then in the four months as I kind of you know move past everything, and um, I was kind of like, gosh, Lord, like what do I what do I do with my practice? Should I you know keep doing it? Should I just you know sell the practice and just work at Cairo now because it's comfortable and all that stuff. And I was, that's, that's the devil's best. I know. I know. Trying to convince you you're not capable. I know. And I talked to my dad and my dad just pretty much was like, I'm not going to let you do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the dumbest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing ever. We all need those people in our life. Yeah. And he's been awesome, you know, and uh, And he's an entrepreneur. He gets it. Like he's probably been in that position before. This is one of the hard things Mm -hmm. when you make that transition from being like employed to being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is your circle. tends to be a lot of employed people. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. Quick, get out of that circle, go surround yourself with a bunch of entrepreneurs and you won't sound so crazy anymore. Yeah, right. I know. And that's the, how many people have been like, gosh, you're only, you're only 28 and you have your own business. I'm like, yes, I feel like I'm way behind, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, but it's just depending on who you talk to. But yeah, you know, so talking to my dad, um, he's really honest with me. He's like, even if it's too hard for you, I mean, it's, it's hard, but if it's too hard for you, you can just work at Kyra now. And you're just <laughs> like, you're soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, gosh, yeah. So he's just honest with me. And, um, so now that's when I was realized, okay, I got to like step it up. And I know that 
marketing is obviously my dad owning a marketing yeah. firm and my sister and brother. He's probably insulted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because he's just been, and he, Ab, does Abby work there too? Yeah, yeah. Abby works there. And then her husband, Ryan, oh, he yeah. works so there they're too. just like, Jake, yeah. what are you doing? And they're not, I think it's not the type of people who are just going to like, they're just going to wait till you realize how stupid you are. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I realized it. And then I was, yeah, I got to do something. And then, so you know, I was talking to Abby and Ryan and my dad and my dad was just like, had like you know I'd love if you used Abby because she, um, but she's like she does ads for a living. But at the same time, she's like if you can find somebody who specializes with chiropractors and physical therapists and stuff, that'd be the best. And so I was talking to one of my buddies Brady. He's a uh, owns Upslope PT in Fort Collins. Um, he's a great guy and he just started his practice in the last year and he's busier than I am. And I'm like, yeah. dude, how'd you get so busy? Uh, and um, it's like, well, I started working with this. Uh, this team called Cl- the clinical marketer and they, you know, they have a clinic that, you know, sees like a million dollars a year. It's just, it's like seven figure practice and uh, it's just insane. So, um, so I was like, Oh my gosh, so I started doing research on it. I was like, this looks pretty legit. And it was, you know, a little expensive up front, but then it's like, you know, who yeah. wouldn't pay, you know, seven grand for 30 grand, you know, yeah. at, at, at the beginning the ROI and they have a, they have a killer guarantee, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, guaranteed 30,000 in the first three months you're working with them. And if you don't, they continue to work with you until you, they can you earn it. you that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, obviously there's, there's some stipulations that you have to do the work. You have to do these certain things, put these things in place. So it took a lot of work. I had to like, you know, kind of revamp my whole website and implement like, you know, Google pixel, all this other stuff that just took yeah, time. But they're you helping know? you sure up the eight core concept, yeah. right? They're helping you get your sales and your marketing funnel, yeah. your scripting, your, mm-hmm. your offer, your guarantee, yeah. your product packaging yeah. all put together yeah. so that it's easier for you to sell. It's almost like uh, Alex Ramosi's like irresistible yeah. offer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, and that's the thing is they help you. They help so much. Not only have me see the value in what I do. So I first told him, he was like, I'm a chiropractor, but I do a lot of this stuff. And, and he was like, how are you not more busy? And I'm yeah. just like, dude, I have, I've lost a lot of confidence, especially the last four months, five months. I just lost so much confidence yeah, in myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, yeah. And so he was like, dude, you, he's like, this is better than like what a lot of physical therapy clinics offer. So he's like, you can make a killing. You just have to be confident in what you do, set up these automated things and package it appropriately, yeah, package it appropriately and be able to just, except one thing that I am good at is just talking to people. Like that's the one thing that I, um, the gift I, of gab. You don't yeah. have a problem with that. Yeah. I can always talk to, I can talk to any stranger and really find something I relate to them, you know? Um, that's probably also some of the value in just doing 50 adjustments. Yeah, a day. Right, yeah. <laughs> Lots of small oh my talk. gosh. Yeah. Like some people walk in, I'm like, I'm not gonna have a single thing in common, you know, but I start <laughs> asking questions and I can relate to them in some way. And, yeah. uh, you are great at that. Yeah. And so I think that has helped cause it's like, I may not be the smartest physical therapist or chiropractor, um, in the world, which I know I'm not. Cause there's some guys who I graduated with where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, they're like brainiacs. But one thing that I think helps as a chiropractor. And I think you can be the dumbest chiropractor, but if you can talk to people charisma and um, just be good at, that's the thing. You just have to be also be good. You can talk to people, but if you suck at adjusting as a chiropractor, yeah. even if you're great, at all the rehab stuff, if you're not great adjuster in, in your chiropractor, you're still, you gotta be just good at that. And yeah. um, so I think, but if you can talk to people, I mean, you'll be busy. You know, yeah. that's the thing is if you're personable, talk to people and you're not weird, yeah. <laughs> you can hold the conversation. So you, 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 these guys, and I would agree because mm. I, what I see a lot and I it came from the agency world and marketing and people would come to us, hire us to do marketing for them as mm-hmm. if that was going to fix their problem. Yeah. And the disconnect was always, 
we could generate a lead and they couldn't close it mm -hmm. or we didn't fully take the time to understand their offer mm. and package it up in a way to sell it yeah. or market it appropriately. And so the quality of the lead coming across the table. So there was always the, the passing the baton, the handoff mm -hmm. was fumbled. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there'd be a few that would come through and every now and again, you would get somebody that was a more seasoned entrepreneur mm -hmm. or a killer salesperson. That was like, yeah, default position mm -hmm. you match that up with good marketing and they could you know yeah. sell anything right exactly. they say, i saw an eskimo and mm -hmm. and those people always <laughs> did really well and it yeah. was like well what's the disconnect you know mm -hmm. the disconnect is you got to have somebody who comes in this is where consulting is valuable mm -hmm. that can actually look at the whole picture yeah and, and if they have an expertise in that niche man that's mm -hmm. even better so right well, good on you for making that decision yeah and like and yeah, I obviously ran it by my dad. I was like, is this, is this a good idea? I mean, it's seven grand, and is that a good idea? And he's like, yeah. He's like, if they're guaranteeing $30,000, who wouldn't pay seven grand for $30,000, even yeah. if it's over three months? It's like oh. insane. Yeah, and so, um, yes, that's been just cool working with them. I mean, they do all the SEO. They do, they're revamping my website. They're... Um, but they're also teaching you to be yeah, competent and proficient in doing a lot of ads, stuff. Yeah. Like, so yeah. they like, teach you how to do the Facebook ads. And right. so in the future, if I want to do it, I know exactly how to do it. Right. Um, then you have like checkup calls with them every two weeks after you run the ads, just see if like, Hey, this ad sucks and it's not doing anything. So let's get rid of this one and try a new one. To help you optimize. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. And so like right now I have a, like a headache, a, a sciatica and a shoulder ad and the shoulder ones just like, I'll, I'll probably get, two or three leads a day just from the shoulder one. Just wow. guys getting leads right now while we're talking. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's crazy. And so it's just, um, yeah, you got to figure out which one's the right yeah, one. Yeah. Right. Know, and, yeah. And how to word certain things. Like there's like, you had one, that's kind of funny. Uh, one of the ads was just said, um, they targeted like certain ads are targeted towards women or men, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so one of them was just like, it said, hey, ladies of Fort Collins, you know, it's just, <laughs> so they choose pictures and one of them, the picture is just of me standing there. And so yeah, it's kind of like, all yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird. Hey, ladies of Fort Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a single, incredibly yeah, yeah. chiropractor. <laughs> That's the it, ad. It's huh? so, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that easy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so well, a lady commented on the ad and was like. Um, I'll get it just about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some weird stories, but um, no, but she comments and it was just like. Uh, I feel like everybody would benefit from this service. You know, why are you just targeting women? And, um, and I was like, I kind of like agreed with her. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I don't really care what people comment. I kind of thought about it. I was like, it is kind of a weird thing. So it's just stuff like that. I messaged the people at clinical Mark. I was like, is this weird? I'm like, yeah, let's adjust it. Yeah. You know, so we adjusted to just hate Fort Collins and it's been doing better, you know, cause it's just like, cause if a guy comes across it, it's like, oh, well it's targeted towards, you know, but it is targeted towards women in the actual ad so mostly women yeah we, it, but yeah we we do something similar mm -hmm. um where we target men and women just to see the groups mm -hmm. and see how they're performing yeah. but then try to keep it uh, location specific right. especially because yep. we don't have a preference mm -hmm. oddly enough though like the video that we choose will dictate whether or not we get more conversions from women or men so there's, there's more women yeah. in the video on the women ad mm -hmm. then we'll get more women we'll get We'll get less men. So, yeah. you know, those all those things, you just, nobody teaches you that. Right. You just have to experience it mm -hmm. and then learn how to optimize the ad accordingly. Right. Mm -hmm. Can't change everything at once. You yeah. Know, you went from removing Hey Ladies to just Hey Fort Collins, right? Yeah. And then you let it run and see how it goes. Yeah, and, so it goes. Yeah. And, but yeah, the shoulder one's the, the better one so far. But um, 
Yeah. So yeah, I loved working with them. I mean, they're awesome. They just put out so many videos a day or a week just talking about, you know, Hey, here's some good sales strategies for you. Here's some good, um, you know, try, try this in your practice next time. Try, you know, like one thing I never thought about was just framing all the, like, so I have 35 star reviews on Google. No big deal. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so he said, you should just get little frames and just hang those up in like on a wall in the office. Yeah. And I think that's like, that seems weird. But, um, he's like, that's what we do at our office and it works. It gives new patients if they're waiting, it gives them something to look at and then they can read about like, Oh man, I know somebody who's dealing with what that person said. Yeah. I should send them in, you know? And and they can just see it. It's a third party referral. Mm-hmm. It's a third party recommendation. So yeah. it's better than you saying, look how awesome. I am. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I so need to write you a review. So I owe you one of those. Uh, haven't you? I thought you did. I, I don't think I did. Come on. You're like, <laughs> send me the link. Where's your automated marketing? Yeah, my post, my post visit. Yeah. Well, that's, that's funny you say the automated. Uh, so if someone doesn't respond to our automations, like the only problem is the auto, it sends out a lot of automated texts after a while. And so this one lady, she responds to the lead. She goes, sorry, this is just too many messages. And so she, I was like, all right. So I lost, I lost the lead because it was like. You, you lost one. Yeah, one out yeah. of, you know, the six that I've had. But it's just funny. How like, so, I don't like being healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is funny how some people that, that bother somebody. Too many. You're trying to help too much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is important though. There's yeah. this. There's just a uh, you know gap between when they actually convert to when they actually show up. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to nurture that. Yeah. In order to get them in the mm-hmm. door. Right. I think, I think they say for every. I can't remember the exact statistics, but something along the lines for every hour that they sit and not are not contacted mm-hmm. when they first convert, they're like 10 percent less likely to yep. actually show up. My dad told me that this morning because I was like, I just got a new lead. Um, I stopped by my parents' house at my mom's something. I was talking to my dad and I was like, I just got a new lead. He's like, you can call him right now? I was like, well, no, I, I got to go. And he goes, um, you better get on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And he <laughs> said, if you, it's like the first, I think it drops by 10% in the first like 10 minutes that you don't. And then after that, it's like the hour thing that you said. Yeah. Um, that if you don't call him, there's a 9% less likely chance that they'll convert to a patient. Um, yeah. My, my brother-in-law always said leads age like man is in the sun. <laughs> they go, yeah, they go yeah. quick. Yeah. I know. Cause I guess you don't know what else they're looking at. What if they found like, Oh, well, this guy, you know, he's available right now and I might go see him, you know, or something like that. That, that stuff can kind of happen. But, uh, but you know, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What's the, um, you alluded to it earlier, but mm-hmm. you want to have three to four clinics in Northern yep. Colorado. Um, that's the 10 year, Plan. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you have to get done in the next three years to be on pace for that 10 mm. year plan? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, um, so I have like certain patient goals per week that I want to see to be able to like hire somebody. Yeah. And I think, you know, 35 to 40 patients consistently a week at the prices that I'm not at the old prices, old prices, I'd have to see like 50 or 60, you know, probably yeah. more than that. But at the price that I'm at now, um, probably 35 to 40, that would be at about most I could handle on my own. Um, that'd be like, that'd be so full. Uh, and that would be your point when you know you need to hire yeah, somebody. Yeah, hire somebody. Um, and before I even hire another uh, chiropractor or physical therapist, I'll hire someone just to run the like front desk and receptionist and all that stuff. But, uh, will, they, it, will they sell for you? Too? Yeah, so that's the one thing is... You need to hire a salesperson, not an admin. I know, and that's the one thing I thought about is like, you know, they want to talk to the doctor, but at the same time, you know, like... You know, this morning is a good example. I, I had stuff to do. I was busy. I couldn't call this guy right now and have a 15, 20 minute conversation. But if, 
you know, I have somebody who's like a salesperson who can gets also a notification when there's a new lead and can call them right away and run through the script and book them for me. That just saves so much time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I don't, they don't, it doesn't need to be the doc. They just right. need to mm-hmm. be able to articulate it because you, they'll actually do better because you have the curse of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? You know too much. Yeah. Like I, I, I love your content mm-hmm. and I get it. I got a degree in physiology yeah, and I know. sports I, nutrition, I right? To, and so you'll just be like, oh, this is like really good content. And it'd be like four likes. And yeah. then you'll like hit one of you like doing like a lap pull down or something. It's like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like everybody knows that dude's Jack. He probably knows what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like the, when you post content, it's like the fine line of, um, like being too descriptive of stuff. Like yeah. when I t- like I'm about to make a post about like IT bound syndrome. And if I'm going into like all the structures around it, people are like, all right, next yeah, thing. Just I tell don't me care. how to fix it. Yeah, just tell me how to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's what I did at the beginning. I would just explain all the anatomy, the biomechanics of how this works. And my 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 mom and dad were both just like, this is the most boring thing. Ever. Like, like it's helpful, whatever. If like, if you're, you know, uh, you know, an anatomy person or a chiropractor. Physical yeah, therapist, if you're educating great. other chiropractors. Yeah. But if I'm trying to talk to patients, can you patients me talking about all the yeah. um, ins and outs of the IT band and the glute and all that stuff. Then it's like, all right. No, yeah. But, Less uh, is more. So you got to get. Yeah. Obviously, you got to get to, you know, 30, 40 mm-hmm. patients a week. Then you can get a new front desk person to help offload that. Yeah. Hum there, hire a new mm-hmm. Cairo to come work with you. Mm-hmm. And then what's the, at what point do you transition over to another clinic? Yeah, I think when, yeah, I think if me and that other practitioner can be seeing both be seeing about 35 patients a week consistently um, at that clinic, then I think, I think I'd, I think I'd want to, I don't know fully, but I think I'd want to have at least two people at each clinic. And so my thought is I have one clinic and if that's seeing 35 to 40, I'd like to have, and I'm still working there, then I'd like to have another person kind of take over where I'm at, open another clinic. I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but that's kind yeah, of what I'm thinking. You'll get there. But, I mean, it's probably revenue based. Mm-hmm. As you're still growing, you, you you still have to discover what your operating expense ratio is going to be because mm-hmm. you just don't totally know. Yet, yeah, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I'm a big fan of pay people more than the market if mm-hmm. you can afford to do it. Yeah, especially like you said, most chiropractors cap at like sixty to seventy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can figure out a way for them to make a hundred, mm-hmm. you got chiropractors for life. Oh if yeah, you do that. So you get that figured out, and then once you get accuracy before speed like once mm-hmm. you get the model dialed then go replicate mm-hmm. but <clears throat> do you know f45 yeah so f45 has 1750 locations in it uh, nash or internationally mm-hmm. they have 600 in the united states oh my gosh and they're dying on the vine because really? they scale too fast mm. their stock opened up ipo they got to 22 bucks <laughs> dropped to a dollar oh my gosh and all their technology was failing. Their mm-hmm. systems were failing because they just grew too fast and they didn't have the internal team to support it. So mm-hmm. they were clearly focused on how do we make a bunch of money and scale mm-hmm. as quick or grow as quickly as possible, yep. not scale as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And the difference is scaling your, your technologies and your systems allow you to increase revenue without increasing expenses. Mm-hmm. Growth is my, my expenses and my revenue go up right. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so they got caught in that trap and they're, their clinics are closing down left and right. Mm-hmm. So if you can get to a million dollars on a location and then mm-hmm. start opening another one, you have a solid business that will right. sustain any kind of 
economic shifts or right. turmoil or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah, and I, I totally agree because I want to be able to like you just look at like like Subway is a good example. I mean, it's just a copy and paste yeah. each Subway. You know, copy and that's, and paste is the way to say it. Yeah, yeah, and that's like kind of what I want. You know, Carter Muscle and Joint. You go to our location in Loveland versus our location in Fort Collins, and it's like the same. There's yep. not like a this is the same place, you know, it's yeah. like, it looks the same. McDonald's yeah. French fry. Yeah, exactly. There's, McDonald's French fry in Scotland's the same. Yeah. Like America. the walls are painted the same color. You know, everything's kind of in the same place. Just so it doesn't feel that different, but also having all that stuff automated. The biggest thing is like that part's easy making the building look the same, you know, but also like having practitioners is going to be probably one of the tougher things who have the same vision that I do. Yeah. And truly care about, you know, that, that, hour to 45 minutes or 45 minutes to an hour that you're with that patient, they care about, okay, I'm really trying to like fix this person and help them and give them knowledge and education versus like, Oh man, when's my, you know, when am I done? And when well, can I, dude, I, I, t- I don't think it's going to be as hard as you think, because I know there's a lot of Kairos that are like you mm-hmm. that hate the model of like Cairo now, like mm-hmm. crack them and send them on their way. And so they need it. They need you to mm-hmm. figure that out and you need them. Yeah. And so, right. You know, and that's the, that's the hard part about, entrepreneurship is you might get into something cause you really love doing it. Mm-hmm. But eventually if you want to grow a real business, you got to delegate and get up above mm-hmm. that and run the company. Right. So that the people down below can, mm-hmm. you know, operate the day to day stuff. Right. Too. So, you know, be, make sure you're thinking about that as mm-hmm. well as you go. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's been more on my mind recently, especially after me with the, the clinical marketing people, Yeah, they get you thinking more about that stuff. And it's like the more you can delegate the better. Cause the more you can spend time on stuff that on the business is, instead of yeah, in the business. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are your biggest roadblocks in the next year? Um, I think um, probably just like the maintaining the momentum that I have and building on that and not getting comfortable. It's like, oh, sweet. I, you know, I made a bunch of money this month. You know, I could take it easy. And that's where I've kind of failed in the past was like, oh, I did really well this month. And then the next month's way slower because I didn't build on top of that momentum. Be like, yeah. oh, man, you know, I called these 12 patients and I got four of them to book. And it's like, why am I not doing that like every other day, you know, yeah. or every day, you know, instead I'd be like, oh, sweet, I got three to book, you know, then I just, then I tend to like, okay, sweet. You know, I feel good now. And then I, you know, a week goes by and I haven't done that same thing. You know, I think, yeah, so I mean, I think just, just like a piece of wisdom there, that's just a sign that you need to move quicker to hire an admin type person mm-hmm. that can handle this phone call. Yeah. And then I think that's something I want to do in the next six months is hire somebody to take the phone calls and, yeah. and to call people and pretty much just their job be to talk to a lot of the patients I spend so much time talking to yeah. um, when I could be, you know, doing other things that would help grow the business. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So I want to pivot w- w- one slightly to more on the personal financial side. Mm-hmm. As you're making money, you're growing the business, you're obviously recapitalizing the business, keep mm-hmm. it growing, but how are you diversifying out away from the business? Have you thought about that? What's the long game strategy there towards, you know, creating optionality for yourself in the future Mm. to sell, franchise, acquire other clinics, Mm -hmm. um, potentially create a business opportunity for other people? Yeah, I think um, I've thought a little bit about partnering. There's different physical therapists and stuff in the the area that I was like, man, I wonder if I, you know, partner with them in some way because uh, we do either similar things or something like that. I've thought about that, but I also thought about what I want to do, you know, having my end goal would be, you know, have these three or four clinics and then sell the cardinal muscle and joint brand to somebody, you know, 
Um, that'd be or, or franchise it. Yeah, or franchise it. Yeah, because I you think could, you could do like the Chick Fil A model, where Chick Fil A is basically uh, sells the operating lease mm. to the business, and and then Chick Fil A owns the clinic. They own everything inside of it. They own the real estate. Mm. They have a regional team that kind of oversees and makes sure everything's operating. But mm. then this person that operates it gets the cash flow mm. from from running the business. Okay. Yeah, and something like that because I, I even thought about in the future, potentially maybe changing the name Cardinals and Joint so I can go more out of out of state, you know, and franchise a little right. more and have different clinics somewhere. But again, I think now I'm, I just want to have the you know three to four clinics, maybe even five in in Colorado, and then you know maybe even like what you said, like franchise that, build that. The hard thing, what I don't want to lose is the the quality of the sometimes you lose that when you, when you franchise it and you get just more and more, I'm going to, I'm going to push back though. Okay. That's just look at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 52 straight years. They've been in business. They've been through like seven recessions and they've managed to increase the revenue every single year. One single franchise mm-hmm. does more three times more revenue than the average McDonald's does. Yeah. How is that? Because they've, they've just figured out how to systematize their quality. So mm-hmm. you can do it. Don't let that yeah. stop you. So if that's the vision, like make mm-hmm. that the vision, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And don't sell yourself short and then just be aggressive and towards okay. pursuing that. But yeah. And that, that's always helpful to hear. Cause I think that's always, that's what I just told you. That's always my struggle is like, oh man, well there's this and then this and then, um, so we, then my, we do that. It's easy. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, it's just the seasonality of it all. It's like, yeah. no, stop. Mm-hmm. Don't then do that, that like makes your vision grow a little smaller and be like, okay, I'll work on that. And then you find something wrong with that little vision. So your <laughs> vision gets smaller. And then you're and stuck with the keep it small, keep it all kind of mindset. Yeah. Right. Never grow. And you can't, you, it actually gets easier as it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. The bigger it is, the easier it is to operate. If you've taken the time at the outset, accuracy before speed mm-hmm. to dial in your systems and process. So you said copy paste and, mm-hmm. and build the next one. So right. you can manage quality. Cause if you were truly at the top, overseeing the franchisee team and the regional team and coming in and monitoring the quality. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue. Right. You know yeah. I mean? That's a good point. No. Yeah. That, that's always helpful to hear, you know, because uh, I tend to, um, I never like doubt myself. I'm very confident in what I do and like, I'm good at what I do, but I think I tend to just overthink some certain things that don't necessarily need to be overthought. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean like being a great entrepreneur is like one part, practical pragmatic Mm -hmm. and one part idealist right Mm -hmm. and it's it's the balance between those two things that Mm -hmm. i think makes really good operators and really good like lifestyle business type people Mm -hmm. there are those like extreme visionaries that see way way crazy out into the future Mm -hmm. but they suck at execution yeah and then the opposite side of that you have like super pragmatic people (laughs) and Mm -hmm. those people aren't really entrepreneurs so yeah you got to be a good mix of the two right you know, you'll have 10 ideas a week and mm-hmm. nine of them are garbage. But yeah, well, that's like a lot of what I do is I was um, telling my, my girlfriend, Riley, I was like, I just have like so many ideas a day. Like there's so many things I want to do and I have ideas, whether it's for my business or random stuff, like the supplement company. Yeah. Like, you know, I just was like, one day I was like, I want to start a supplement company. So then I started Wild Oak Supplements within like the next few months, you know? Yeah. And obviously I didn't know what I was doing. So I just started it. And I think there could have been more of that, um, well, it just, like, comes, it just comes back to why are you doing that? Exactly. What's the end game? Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to accomplish? Because I think sometimes we we do it because we think it would be cool or we could mm-hmm. sell these additionally, but does it align with the vision? This is why you'll hear me talk about it all the time. It is 
so important mm-hmm. to have a crystal clear 10 year vision for where you're going and mm-hmm. then back into everything that you're doing down to like living your life in 90 day increments mm-hmm. and then going back to the drawing board and saying, is this still aligned with the vision? Yeah. And so you, how are you collecting those ideas mm-hmm. and, and, and storing them? Cause those ideas are great. You just need to be able to say, Hey, this is great. Not right now. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, I think the supplement company was, was bad timing. And also it's like, I didn't have the, you know, I started on about $3,000, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah, versus like housing, all that stuff is yeah. so expensive. One, like you think about like BPN's a good example. Like he started and he felt like he hardly had any money. He started with 20 grand and I'm like, Oh man, if I would have 20 grand, you know, yeah. but it's like, but that's like, but are you trying to be BPN? Yeah. <laughs> what? You're not trying to be BPN. No, You're no. trying to be Colorado Muslim. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is I was at the time was just getting, I just got confused, you know, not confused, but I was just like, oh, I want to start a supplement company. So I want to own my own pre-workout. So I don't like a lot of these pre-workouts. I just want to start my own pre-workout. And that was the reason why I was doing it. Instead, <laughs> Which you could have just made your own. Yeah, you? I know. <laughs> Instead, it's why I had to go out and spend all this money and create a label and a company. I mean, it was fun. I learned a lot from it, but I also, I don't regret it at all because I'd learned so much about even how to operate car muscle and joint better being like, yeah, gosh, totally. you can't you, like the vision thing that you said is a huge one is because you know, when I first started Cardinal Muscle Joint, I feel like I had a pretty good vision, but it's crazy how that vision's morphed so many times. You know, mm-hmm. it went from maybe I'll just do a walking clinic, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do the rehab stuff. And then, um, and then after that, you know, the last six months has been like, do I even want to do this anymore? You know, and now it's morphed to, all right, now I've got that 10, 10 year vision of owning these, you know, three or four clinics, having, um, I see there's still some stuff I'm fine tuning of like, do I want to franchise it? Do I want to do, you know, all that stuff. Right now it's just about giving yourself the option to make mm -hmm. those decisions in the future. And you can decide when you get there, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than getting to the end of the road. And then we're seeing this a lot right now with like baby boomers. Mm -hmm. They've worked their tail off for 30, 40 years to build a business. um, Never really thinking about one day I might want to sell this thing. Mm -hmm. And like, what's, who's the next buyer going to be, Yeah, you know? And so they're scrambling right now. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see a lot of businesses just close their doors because they can't figure out what options they have next. Interesting. Yeah. So just be prepared for that. I think the other thing to unpack too is have a clear vision, but also know that there will come a time when you maybe fall out of love with your business Mm. and you're thinking about quitting uh, that's even uh, more reason to have the vision so that you can go back to it and mm-hmm. get really clear because generally you're falling out of love with it because you're burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing things that aren't your sweet spot mm-hmm. and you need to be hiring out and delegating to elevate mm-hmm. and get into your sweet spot. The more that right. you can be sitting in the leadership and the growth seats, mm-hmm. the the more successful the business is going mm-hmm. to be. The more time you spend selling people on the front end and setting up freaking Facebook ads and doing stuff like that, mm-hmm the the more burnt out the more risk you have towards burning mm-hmm. out because you're only one dude you're gonna get sick life's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh you're not gonna feel well mm-hmm. you're gonna want to take a vacation like all right. these things happen yeah. you know what i mean you you are dating an amazing woman mm-hmm. you know what i mean and who knows what mm-hmm. what path that takes too you know what mm-hmm. i mean so just give yourself options man yeah. have you read the book build built to sell I, my dad gave it to me a while ago and I, it's still sitting in my, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude, <laughs> I need to read, read it, the yeah. book, get it on audible. 
Yeah. And I apologize in advance because the guy has a terrible upspeak. So just skip the <laughs> intro. It's the worst intro. If you're if you're listening to this, the guy who wrote that book, like amazing book. Mm-hmm. Next time, just hire a better voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> is he the one reading it? He's not yeah. the one reading it. Oh, they just hired a. It's just like he talks like this. It's like, was that a question oh, or a statement? Yeah. <laughs> See, I'll just, what I do is if I'm going to read a book, I'll just like take a Saturday and I'll just like read an entire book on a Saturday because I, so I'm just like. You're so emo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm there with your coffee and your beanie. <laughs> because I'm just like, I just want to, so I don't, I, I, so like, I just want to get it done, read this book now. But uh, so maybe I'll just, this Saturday, I'll just read that book. But that. It's not super long, is it's it? It's not super long. That's why it's a great audio yeah. book and uh, it's really story based. So it mm-hmm. doesn't make for a good. Oh, like, okay. Listen, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I would highly recommend that mm-hmm. because it, it uses the story of an entrepreneur who's burnt out mm-hmm. and he's ready to sell the business because he thinks that's the way to like get rid of all his problems. Mm-hmm. And he goes and talks to this really wise friend who has sold a bunch of businesses and his friend basically says, your business is worth nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so they go back to the drawing board. He has to reinvent his business, mm-hmm. rethink it, and then has a five-year plan to work towards an exit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, you know, at the exit, he had options. Like he yeah. could have just kept running the business. Right. Yeah. But instead he decided to sell it and he got the number that he wanted and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So I encourage everybody to read that book. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's uh, one thing I've thought about more. Cause like, I mean, it's only been two years, but I mean, you can get, you can get burnt out in two years from doing, cause I think what the big thing was, is I was treating people not the way I wanted to treat them, but because I was like, like, oh, well, this is what they want. So I'm going to treat them this way instead yeah. of being like, Hey, this is, so now it's like I do the hour appointments initially. And then 45 minutes after that's what I love doing. Yeah. You know, and that's why I want to, that's what I love. That's why I get excited when I wake up in the morning. Oh, sweet. I get to spend this much time with this person working on these things that I saw versus like, I oh, mean, they're just coming in with adjustment today and they're expecting these huge results from just getting adjusted once. Yep. And it's like, that's like depressing, you know, because yeah. it's like, um, so I think now having that vision has helped me a lot, get a lot more joy in what I do, but also it gets patients better results. They get excited to come in, you know, and. Uh, Are you developing a framework for each session on how it should be run and what it looks mm-hmm. like? Yeah. So I kind of have like these three phases that I go through in the first phase and it's like kind of depending on because some people you treat them twice and they're like i'm like 100 percent better yeah you know some people it's like it can take a year depending yeah. on what they're dealing with um that, that also comes down to what they're doing when they're not with you yeah exactly one well, you can tell i mean it just for all the patients out there yeah i can tell when you haven't been doing your stuff <laughs> uh, doing your rehab. yeah because gotcha. yeah, <laughs> it's so obvious it's yeah. like because nine times out of ten um when patients are actually doing the rehab they get better. Like you're a good example of this. You were coming in consistently doing your rehab and you got better. Yeah. And it's like, someone's like, it's been four weeks and they're like, it's still the same. And I'm like, have you been doing the, no. I'm not just giving exercises as like, uh, I don't know what else to do. Here's some exercises, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, no, I've done them like maybe twice. I'm just like, okay, well, yeah. you know, you got to do them. And that's like the biggest thing is you'll get the results that you, that you want to see. So um, you get, so you do have a recipe though for how like a session runs yep. and what it should look like and what that, yeah, so the phases are and the, and the spacing between sessions and all that. Yep. So I only do when I do forty five minute moments. I just do once a week. I'm not going to ask somebody because you can get so much more done in that forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, versus than like seeing 15, like yeah, f- like doing three fifteen minute appointments. You just right. don't get as much done. Um, and so I only see patients once a week. I'm not going to be like, hey, I want to see you three times a week, and they're all forty five minutes. People are going to be like, I do not have time for that. You know. Yeah. Um, so I'll, you know, 45 minutes and then I have like kind of three phases where the first phase is, you know, just kind of controlling the pain and symptoms, getting them under control where they don't have them all the time. It's not waking them up, all this stuff. Obviously they're still going to have a little bit of pain. And then 
um, sometimes. But then phase two is more finding the root cause of what's going on. It's like, okay, we managed the pain. So now let's figure out like, why did this happen? Why is this happening? Um, um, and then what can we do to help fix it? And then phase three is really building that independence with them, strengthening them, giving them the knowledge and education so they don't, so either it doesn't happen again. And they also don't have to rely on me in the future so much when yeah. it's like, obviously they have another issue pop up, they'll come to me. But like, um, if they're like, Oh man, my shoulder's starting to feel weird again. Oh, I remember all those exercises Jake gave me. I'm just going to run through those ones that I really liked and yeah. do those for a few weeks. And almost every time they're like, Hey, I, you know, I was going to call you, but I remembered your exercises. I did them. And now I feel, now yeah, I feel way great. better. And that's yeah. what you, that's what you ultimately want. Yeah. Have you written that down, that process, that system? Mm-hmm. You do. Yep, you I have it. It. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking about the next Cairo that comes in. So you're like, Hey man, this is, no, this I, is the car. I must well, enjoy it way. And the, in the clinical marker, they, they, Okay, like help me with that. And, uh, and so now I have it all written out and it's like, um, it's just on my computer. So I just it's print awesome, it out dude. and I can just give that to somebody like, Hey, here's, and what I want to do too is systemize each issue that comes in too. It's like, here's what we run through with like a shoulder pain, you know, yep. cause yeah, everybody, every, everybody's different, but at the same time, we're not that different, you know, like no. a shoulder's a shoulder, you, you know? know, we're sitting here all the time. Yeah. Scaps are rolled forward. Right. And obviously different sports, you demand different things of the body so you can get different things, but a shoulder is a shoulder. I mean, if you get like a 55 year old guy who's had like three rotator cuff tears and stuff, obviously that shoulder's not the same right. as a 26 year old who's active and healthy, you know? Yeah. So there's different things you gotta look for, but most of the time you operate the same way with the shoulder that you do with one person versus another person. Obviously there's different like rib cage sizes and shapes that all do alter your shoulder mechanics and stuff, but uh, not that much though. I mean, the shoulder moves the same way. All They all protract, retract, yep. you know, Move up no, it's, it's good. I just asked because, you know, I think that that's a huge gap early on. You know, I actually just wrote an article about that, about documenting early and often mm-hmm. um, before you're ready to hire that next person. Right. So, because if you don't do that, what ends up happening is you bring somebody on and then it's like, okay, you're just going to watch me do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, okay one, that's yeah. awkward. I got to be in the room with yeah, you. Yeah, right. And then, and then two, it's like somehow they're just going to magically absorb. Mm-hmm. That takes way longer to learn that way yeah. versus, hey, here's a framework for how we do it. You're going to then watch me do it. Yeah. You're going to then go practice it. I'm going to watch you do it. And then great. You're on your way. Mm, well, that's nice about having that framework is, yeah, it may not, the framework may not be exactly what you do every time. Cause it can be, but that's sure. obviously you're a doctor. You should be able to critically think in a moment and know when to be like, okay, yeah. I probably shouldn't needle this time or yeah. I probably shouldn't, you know, training's the same but, way, right? It's yeah. Like knowing when to progress and regress somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but having that framework is really helpful. It's like, okay, you know, cause then it relaxes the other doctor too. knowing like, okay, there's the three phases, you know, this is what our goal is. I don't have to like try to fix everything in these first two visits. You know, yeah. it's just like, let's get everything under control. And the uh, patient appreciates that too. Yeah. Right? Cause yeah. now you can explain to them, Hey, here's what we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is how this progresses over time. And clients want to be able to see to the other side mm-hmm. of like, okay, great. Now what, what's yeah. next? Cause if they're not seeing progress, mm-hmm. then they're start to question like, is this valuable? The money that I'm paying right. for this? You know? Right. Well, then you can lay it out. Like what I didn't do before, which I don't know why I didn't just, I wouldn't ever tell patients how long I thought it would take, you know, yeah. and people would be like, so am I done? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, I should probably start telling people like, and so now I tell people like, typically I see this and you know, this resolved in five to six visits or nine to 12 visits or do you, um, do you attach a guarantee to that too? Um, you, you might even consider doing an anti-guarantee. Well, yeah. Cause that's the thing is what you might even c- say like, Hey, eight to 12 visits, but I can't guarantee it because well, I that, only see you for 45 minutes. Yeah. A week. Well, that's the thing you do. Like, technically I think 
legally you can't really guarantee anything with like medical stuff. Like, uh, um, like I, as a chiropractor, I don't think, I think I get in trouble for guaranteeing I can get but you better. People want to know, like, am yeah. I going to be better? And you yeah. just tell them, like, it's I can't like, guarantee that because I can't guarantee you're going to mm-hmm. do what's needed of you outside of this yeah. session. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually a legal thing, but just don't confuse me yeah. saying a guarantee, like, which is a marketing term yeah. with like, hey, I'm guaranteeing you're going to be healed or yeah. cancer free right. or whatever yeah. it is. You know? Well, like, um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's good too because I, I obviously can't guarantee that they get better because sometimes it's like nine to 12 visits. Yeah, hopefully. But like sometimes it takes a year. I would say, I, that's why I tell them like most commonly I see this resolved in nine to 12 visits. Yeah. Um, so that, that this is a bit of a guarantee though. You think? It is. Yeah, it is. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're just, but, it's implied. Okay. You think that's good though? Or Yeah. I, I just think that you, you could give it more teeth by just saying like, but sometimes it takes longer. It takes longer. And here's the reasons why it generally takes longer. Mm-hmm. It's because people don't do the, the rehab yeah, exercises outside of this. Mm-hmm. Because they're also thinking like, you know, I'm about to spend whatever, 150 bucks a session, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot. Okay. They're doing the math. That's 10 sessions. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, I'm spend $1,500 to get this thing fixed. Mm-hmm. That You know, there's this subconscious like price throttle in their head mm-hmm. that they're trying to manage. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But if they know, hey... He's he's telling me he's going to give me the things that no other doctor ever gives me. Mm-hmm. You've just created a category of one. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a reason that he's $150. Right. It's because I'm actually going to get better and I'm mm-hmm. having exercises that I can use forever to, mm-hmm. to heal this problem. You know? Yeah, that's good. I think putting emphasis on the exercises because that's where I see people fail the most is they don't, do, they don't do the exercises and they're not getting better. And I'm like, well, did you do the three exercises I gave you? I know it, it takes 10 minutes. I mean, I don't say this, but it takes 10 minutes out of their day. Most of the time. Yeah, it's you like, should you should say it though. Like, yeah. It's going to take you 10 minutes the a day. 10 minutes a day, just do them and then, you know, and focus on them. Don't be like, okay, you know, just like doing quick <laughs> exercise or whatever because some people do that too. It's like... it's the, Dude, this is the hardest part about the health and fitness industry is everybody mm-hmm. wants the the simple one pill that they can take, I right? And, and unfortunately, the industry has taken advantage of that, right? Mm-hmm. Six weeks to abs and yeah. take this pill and mm-hmm. eat, take this test booster and you're going to look right. like this guy. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. Clearly on so much gear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, dude, you're, I'm proud of you. You've come, like, just in the last four months, mm. you've made huge progress in just how you're thinking about mm. this long term. Mm-hmm. So, I appreciate it. Just keep going. Sitting from your seat that you're in right now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give mm. to new entrepreneurs like what do you what do you wish you would have done sooner Mm, i think i would have i wish i would have developed the vision sooner and had a clear picture what i want to do instead of like what you said earlier i was just like i'm gonna be the best at this you know i did but i had no sales strategy i had no marketing strategy i was like as soon as i open my doors everybody's gonna magically know (laughs) that i'm that i'm here you know everybody's gonna come in totally banking on your good look yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um hey ladies hey ladies for cones um that's so funny uh no, so I the best the biggest um, piece of advice I would give is yeah capturing that vision early, and, and be bold. I would say be bold with it too. Like mm-hmm. don't think small. Yeah, and just and write it down. You know what I mean? And like come like what you said, come back to it every three months or whatever, um, just to make sure that you're sticking to it, yes. or that making sure that hey, I, maybe I need to alter this in the vision, or um, uh, and then just doing stuff. The biggest thing I think is just daily action. Doing one like that book called the one thing Mm -hmm. just what's one thing i can do today that's going to get me closer to that vision or that goal um and having like not only like the 10-year goal but having a five-year 
a two year, a one year, a week goal, even, yeah. you know, to where it's like, Hey, what's one thing I can do today to accomplish my week goal? What's one thing I can do this week to accomplish my month goal? What's some, what's, what's one thing I can do this month to accomplish this year goal that I'm going towards. I think that's the biggest thing is just the discipline of that is, just you know, when you wake up and you, and having a routine every morning is big for me. As soon as I get out of my routine, I'm very, stru- I'm a very structured and routine based person. So if yeah. I get out of my routine, yeah. everything else kind of falls apart in my day. And so building a morning routine. I think all great entrepreneurs would say that, you know, having habits that you do every day and um, like you, you know, you get up really early, you come work out and like, I've seen you do that ever since I've known you, you know, and and so it's like, and you find people like, and you're you're one of the people I look up to for entrepreneurship and all that stuff. So it's like, so it's like one of those things where it's, you just, you got to have daily, even if it's like, just making sure you have the same thing for breakfast and you do the same routine, you know, you breakfast, gym, Come home, tan re- laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> GTF. yeah. But like, I just think having that routine helps a lot. Gets your mind clear, and you're like, "Hey, you know, I'm on track today." Versus if you just like, I don't know what you don't you don't wake up the same time every day. It's like, okay, sometimes I wake up at five, sometimes I wake up at eight. And it's like you got to have that structure because I think that helps me at least. Yeah. Um, but also just yeah, like I said, doing the discipline of really writing out the one thing you can do um, yeah. today. To and I think closer. the question they use in that they call it the. Uh, the framing question. What's the one thing that I can do so that by doing so everything else becomes easier and necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great question. I think, I think too, uh, you, it's unspoken, but finding, uh, a good partner or mm. consultant to work with, to actually fill in the gaps where mm-hmm. you don't have skills, sales, right. marketing mm-hmm. process systems, yeah. yada, 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 because, Man, you'll spin your wheels for a really long time yeah. trying to figure out something that has already been figured out. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and that's the thing I think, too, I'd give advice is make investments and stuff like that early on because I I look at, man, where would I have been if I would have been just like even four months ago been like, I'm going to pull the trigger on this clinical marketing people, yeah. you know, or just look more into that or run ads. And because um, uh, the earlier you started, it seems like a lot of money and stuff like that up front and um obviously you got to look at the nice thing is I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't have, I didn't personally know somebody who experienced went through them and made 20 grand in one month working with them. It's just like, Oh my gosh, you know? Um, but yeah, I would say just investing in people who know more than you about things that are going to help grow your business. You know, some of the, some of the best podcasts we've had, we had, uh, my buddy Evan Worsley on here, who's a, a electrical contractor Mm -hmm. has a business called conduct all. And they went from uh, four and a half million in revenue to ten million in one year. I was like, "Dude, what did you do?" He's like, "Hired a consultant. Right. Consultant told me what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. We invested in some software, and we had somebody start doing uh, estimates. Mm-hmm. And we get we booked more jobs because we were properly pricing them. We mm-hmm. were faster with our turnaround, and right. we sold more revenue there. I know. Well, it's just like um, working with clinical marketing people. It's like, uh, yeah, it took me a bunch of time at the beginning, cost that money, whatever." But now it's like within three patients, I can, if I, you know, potentially make all that back, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so, but, but you just got to do the, it's never going to be like, oh, if I just hire these people, it's going to be, it's a given, you know, it's like, there's still a lot of work you have to do and you have to close the deals. You have to do all this stuff. But, that, but, but then again, if you can hire somebody who does that for you, yeah. then there's, you have more time to But the, do But stuff. it's also like, that's the part of entrepreneurship that nobody wants to do mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's going to be work like mm-hmm. regardless, like you want to know how to do that stuff, yeah. you know, so you can go learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. You can use all your experience or you can find somebody from the outside to come in and impart that wisdom on you. And right. You bridge the yeah. gap. So, yeah, for sure. And so, 
Yeah. So advice would just be capture the vision early and revisit it every three months, like you said, and then um, investing in people who know more than you um, about especially sales and marketing. I think is a big thing. Yeah. Um, and then just focusing each day on the one thing you can do that day, even if it's just calling one person to like do something that pushes the needle in the right direction versus be like, I had a really great week, week this week. I'm going to take two days. I'm going to take this whole weekend and not do anything. I'm not even going to yeah. think about work. And it's like, there's, you gotta have a balance, but at the same time, like early on, you've got to be unbalanced to the season. Yeah. And I, I just think, uh, like having a balanced life is, is like a, I like the idea of it, but also as an entrepreneur, I would think your life is very unbalanced a lot of the times. Um, and yeah, I mean, in like a, in a good way, I think, um, cause it, it helps develop you a lot. So then that unbalanced feeling starts to become your new balance, you know, yeah. where it's like, you just get better at it. Yeah. But I don't think you have to sacrifice your family and your relationships and all this stuff. I think people, when people think when they hear unbalanced, like, Oh, he's just never hanging out with his family or anything. That's like, that's not, we, we lifestyle design, baby. Yeah. I just get rid of all the other distractions. Like, yeah. you know, I don't play video games. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah, I don't go to the bars and parties. Yeah. I don't go out on the weekends and like, that's me being unbalanced, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I make my priorities are, you know, my, my business, my family, my relationship with Riley, all that stuff is like my priority. So I spend all the time I could be playing video games or going out to the bars. I get rid of that because that doesn't help me. And I focus on the relationships that are going to help me not only grow as a person, but also grow as a business owner. Cause uh-huh. how many times I've had conversations with someone I never thought would help me yep. in a business way, you know, or in just personal development, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that was a really good thing they said, you know, and I, I need to remember that. And um, just because I wasn't like, I just want to go home and lay on the couch. You know, and yeah. there's like time for that, you know, but, uh, I think when you, when you find your sweet spot and, uh, you're really stepping into your business, doing the thing that you want to do mm-hmm. and you get control over it, you know, I keep reflecting on this, this little heuristic over here, but you know, you get, start mm-hmm. to get a handle on, on the eight core concepts yep. of your business and you feel like it's not controlling you. Yeah. It becomes fun, man. It's just mm-hmm. a game. I know. And that's, I love that part of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I want to get to, cause right now it's just like that you're just grinding a lot and it's just a lot of work, but it's, but again, if you don't have that vision, then it's like you lose steam real fast. Wait, you, know? you could also be grinding on 60 uh, adjustments a day too. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> so just take your pay. Yeah. Hey, so if people, uh, you know, loved your, loved your story, they mm-hmm. want to connect to you. What's the best social platforms for them to follow you? Yeah. On? So Instagram, um, Dr. Dot Jake Hebner, which Hebner's H U E B N E R. So it doesn't look like Hebner. Yeah, because uh, I always say Hebner. Yeah. Like I did when I opened the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even notice. I just don't even notice anymore. Uh, there and then. Um, Are you on TikTok? Yeah, but I haven't posted. Dude, you need, a, in like you need years. to get on yeah, I think it's called the. <laughs> my name on there, I think it's called the Muscle Cairo. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so, you know. Surprised you didn't wear a sleeve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, are, are you on LinkedIn too? Yeah, I am. Okay. You, I think you could be uh, super valuable. Yeah, we talked a little about LinkedIn a couple of weeks. And just just because your ticket price and who you who you mm-hmm. work with, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's tons of people in the corporate world who were athletes who understand the value of paying for that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So it's no different than the gym business too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, okay. So LinkedIn, Muscle Cairo uh, on TikTok. Yeah, and uh, then at or yeah at Doctor Dot and then. If you guys want to email me with questions, you know, Dr. Dr. Hebner, Dr. Hebner at coloradomjc.com. Sweet, dude. Again, we'll drop those in the yeah. show notes. And that's Dr. D-R-H-U-E-B-N-E-R at coloradomjc. Yeah. Well, in a year or two, man, we'll have you come back and we'll hear like all the cool stories about yeah. how you're just crushing it. Cool. Love Thanks it, man. Thanks for being here, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it.